0: following is a chapter reading by The Worm Audiobook Project. Please support the original author at parahumans.wordpress.com. Thank you, and enjoy. Help is on the way. Miss Malaysia's voice came over the armband. Three Vistas, I said, and Noelle is probably north of our location, going after Skitter. Tattleteal shuddered, interrupting me. Lose it! What? The armband! Toss it! I pulled at the straps. As I gathered bugs onto the armband to get a better sense of what I needed to do with the straps, I could tell that the entire thing was swelling, distorting. I could hear the screen crack. I pulled it free and threw it, simultaneously climbing to my feet and scrambling away. "Grew, cover it, Tattleteal shuddered. Use your power on anything that one breaks down. Guru threw out a stream of darkness, then dissolved the darkness that wasn't covering the area where the armband had been. Without the ability to see, I had only my bug sense to go by, but I could track where he'd laid down the darkness by the way the air seemed thicker. From Tattletale's words, I expected an explosion, but it simply twisted away into wisps of thick smoke. It's radioactive, Tattletale intoned. Everything she's dissolving like that? Unless I cover it, Gru asked. Unless you cover it. Should cancel out the effects. But you did want me to let you know when I'm making an educated guess. This is one of them, Tattletail said. I hope I'm right. We could win this fight and still end up dying in a hospital bed a few years from now because we got too close to that stuff dissolved. Oh shit. Doesn't matter, does it? Regent said, world's ending in a few years anyways. Let's avoid the extreme radiation poisoning, I said, regardless of whether the world's ending or not. The other undersiders and the Chicago wards were out of the van, and we were collectively backing away from the Nega Vistas. More specifically, we were retreating from the one who was creating the radioactive dust. The first one I'd noticed was still on the rooftop, spreading out her efforts, thinning walls and twisting supports. Her progress was slow, but I was willing to bet that half of the city block would be collapsing on us in a matter of minutes, if not sooner. If I had to guess, her power operated in a different manner than the original Vistas. It affected a wider area, it was slower, and she didn't seem to be suffering for our presence. The bugs that I was sending her way were having a hard time approaching, "'They kept veering around, so they flew clockwise around her instead of straight. "'I had only a few bugs attacking her, "'but the same effect that I'd seen with her face had hardened her skin, "'and there weren't many places left to attack. "'Her mouth was still a little more than a lipless slit "'across the lower half of her face, firmly closed, "'and only the smallest bugs could get at her eyes. "'She barely flinched at the bites and stings my swarm was delivering. Meager as my efforts were, they still should have left her blind, filling her eye sockets with ants and nosiums, but her power was still steadily working on the buildings around us. Another peculiarity of her abilities. The ability to sense the layout of whatever structure she was affecting. To that extent, to sensing us. The second one had arrived, creating footholes and handholes to ascend the section of road she'd raised into a vertical wall, twelve feet high, She was now perched on top, crouching. In the time that it had taken me to lose the armband, she had started to work on cutting off our best avenue of retreat. The road we traveled on to get here was rising behind us, bulging upward into a similar barrier. As far as I could tell, her powers were most in line with a regular vista, and she seemed to be reacting most to the bites and stings. I wished that it would make me feel more confident about these circumstances." That left the freakishly tall one, the Vista with limbs that zigzagged, who was apparently turning matter into radioactive dust. She'd climbed past the wreckage of fallen building, and now stood on the solid ground again, facing us. We off the radioactive one first? Tecton suggested. No, I said. I used my bugs to draw an arrow in the air. Priority's the one on the roof. Over there. There's a third one? he asked. Apparently, he hadn't caught my message to Miss Militia. She's going to bring down more buildings if we don't take her first, I said. Raymancer, Tecton ordered, handle it. Raymancer stood like he had before, feet together, one arm extended. I didn't sense any energy blast or ray from his hand. The Vista didn't act as though she'd been shot either. She bends light? Wonton asked. She's bending space, Tattletale said. You won't get a straight shot. Don't need one, Romancer said. His second shot left a shallow crater in the vista's chest. She sprawled onto the roof, hands pressed to the injury. The thinning of the walls didn't stop. How the fuck does that work? Regent asked. The laser didn't even... She's still alive, I called out, interrupting him. There was a small explosion as Raymancer directed a shot at the radioactive Vista and missed. I could sense how the barrier behind us abruptly stopped growing, and how the space to one side of her warped to let her evade more easily. Vista, two hour three o'clock, is assisting her, I said. Grace, Tecton shouted, leaving rooftop to you, launch. Grace leapt towards him, onto the back of one outstretched hand, She had no trouble maintaining her balance as she placed the other foot on the back of his other gauntlet. She bent her knees and extended them to jump in the same instant the pile-driver attachments on the gauntlets extended with explosive force. Most of the bugs I placed on her were torn free by the force of the wind ripping past her as she turned into a human projectile. She had to have used her selective invincibility to augment her feet and legs so they weren't annihilated by the pile-drivers and she would be using her enhanced agility to ensure she stuck the landing. Except the landing wasn't going to happen as planned. If I'd understood what they'd planned, I would have warned her. Her trajectory shifted as she ran into the rooftop Vista's powers. Grace fell short of reaching the rooftop. Very short. She hit the ground with both feet together, arms spread, and left a shallow crater around her impact site, a half block away from the building. Grace was running towards her target, a heartbeat later, unhurt. Some of the flying capes that had been assigned to watch over us were targeting the Vista on the rooftop, and I saw that as an excuse enough to focus on other, more immediate problems. Rachel and her dogs went for the Vista to our right, with Regent doing what he could to hamper their target's movements, forcing her to use her power to maintain the distance from the beast's. "'which left the rest of us to face off against the radioactive one. "'One on the rooftops occupied,' I said. "'Now we can fight her.' "'She extended her hand towards us, "'and the ground between us and her bulged "'as though a cartoon mole had crawled beneath the pavement. "'Raymancer fired at her, clearly hoping to distract her, "'but each shot missed by a fair margin. "'My bugs were covering every inch of her skin, "'and I had them biting and tearing at her flesh.' Her skin was hard, gnarled, and calloused, but I did the damage, where I could, at the elbows, knees, and neck, drawing blood. I tried to tell myself that she was a monster, a mockery of a real person, and she was too dangerous to be allowed to live. With that kind of unhinged mental state, and her ability to irradiate people, I gripped my teeth. No choice. Gru finished covering the bulging ground with darkness. Tall Vista didn't react. Her hand was still pointed at us. It's a fane, Tattletail shuddered. She spun around. There. My swarm moved in the direction Tattletail was looking. I found the bulge, a basketball sized blister on the side of the containment van. Felt it erupting, a mere fit from Raymancer's head a half second before Gru's darkness covered it. Too late. Raymancer stumbled, coughing. Gru turned and extended a hand toward the tall vista. With my swarm spread out around her, I could sense minuscule explosions appearing all around her, see the flashes of light with the bugs' distorted vision. The individual detonations weren't much larger than golf balls, and even the direct impacts weren't enough to kill my larger bugs. How the fuck do you use Raymonster's power? Gru asked. You copy powers? Wonton asked. Thought you guys read up on us tail quipped. grew, focus the beams with the lenses. The beam appears from the center, so line them up to refine the beam into something more effective. In case you haven't noticed, I've only got one lens there. Lenses? My bugs weren't sensing anything. Wanton was closing the distance, now that the other vista was distracted, trying to avoid Bentley and Bastard, still hobbled by Regent's power. As he got halfway to her the ground around her began to distort and twist into curls. Wanton disintegrated as he entered the area. For a heartbeat, I thought she'd use her power on him. When the debris, dust and chunks of building began stirring and orbiting a central point that continued his general trajectory, I realized it was his power. Wanton didn't hesitate as radioactive dust exploded around and inside his new body. If anything... It proved an advantage, as the dust provided more material to work with, and the damage to the street let him pull up chunks of pavement. He closed the distance to our opponent and began thrashing her. One of her arms snapped and entangled as one large chunk struck her. Gru's attacks weren't terribly effective. There were only half the number of explosions, but they were sufficient to kill bugs if they happened to hit one. He abandoned Raymancer's power and cast out his darkness towards the Vista. A moment later, the ground under her feet was contorted, and the dust was rising around her. To our right, Rachel and Bastard were closing in on the Vista. Her foot was contorted by Riton's power, and her neck was craning in awkward angles, making it harder for her to focus on them and use her own abilities. She backed away, raised one good hand in their direction, and promptly bumped into Imp. Before the pseudo Vista could react, she had a taser pressed to her neck. Rachel closed the distance. Bentley lopping forward, my bugs caught her voice, an order, not too hard to make out. Not with the context. Kill, Rachel said, her voice quiet. The bulldog picked up the Vista in his jaws and bit down until an audible series of cracks marked the breaking of a dozen major bones. He shook her like a rag doll, no doubt snapping her neck and aggravating every injury he'd just inflicted. The girl was dead in an instant. Rachel ordered him to drop the body, ordered Bastard to back away from the carcass, and then took hold of Bastard's chain. She started to wheel Bentley around to rejoin us, but I was already drawing arrows in the air. Wanton wasn't at risk from the radiation in his new form, apparently, but Rachel and her dogs were. There was nothing saying that any radiation wouldn't be able to penetrate the monstrous flesh and hit the dog nestled in the core. Kicking Bentley into an all-out run, she led Bastard in and all-out toward the one on the rooftop. No hesitation, no apparent remorse. Rachel and I had grown closer, to the point of maybe being friends, on top of being teammates. Whatever rifts had formed between us were largely mended, and she trusted me as a leader. With all that in mind, it was sometimes hard to remember that she was still Rachel, at the core of it. If her psychological wiring didn't give her any real empathy for her fellow human beings, it wasn't about to give her any for human-esque beings. Tecton slammed one gauntlet into the ground, creating a crack that rushed towards the taller vista. It exploded in a geyser of debris and dust as it reached her. She staggered, then staggered again as Grew landed a shot with Raymaster's power. She tried to raise one hand to defend herself, but the thin, curved bone of her upper arm had been shattered, her broken arm dangled in front of her. With the topographical map my swarm had provided, I noted the presence of thick veins standing out on her arm, where the weight of the dangling limb pulled the skin tight against the shattered bone. I barely thought about it, sending my bugs to the area, riding deep into the largest one, working together so that one hornet might pull one way... "'and the beetle pulling another. to better rend the flesh, "'or positioning it for a stronger bug to bite. "'She jerked in reaction, "'and blood began flowing, "'beads of it at first, "'but the skin was pulled tight "'and the bugs were relentless. "'It virtually tore between the combination "'of damage and strain, a "'small river of blood flowing "'intermittently spurting. "'That would be an artery, "'not a vein. "'Fuck me!' I tried to suppress the quiet horror that took hold of me as my bugs tracked down the blood pouring down her arm, trickling off her fingertips in individual streams. Still fighting to avoid being brained by Wanton's telekinetic storm, the tall Vista let out a drawn-out half-moan, half-scream, equal parts despair and anger. It didn't sound exactly normal, but that didn't surprise me. What made my blood run cold was that she almost sounded like a young girl might... "'a little too close to reality for comfort. "'She went all out with her power. "'Aimless directions, street signs, mailboxes, piles of debris, "'walls and sections of road began twisting and bulging. Grew laid down a blanket of darkness all around us, "'aiming to dampen the spread of the radioactive particles. "'I wasn't sure how that worked, but Tadl Till thought it did. "'And I wasn't about to complain.' I'd settle for a white lie if it meant we were able to stay focused on fighting, rather than the cancer we'd get in five years from now. It took ten seconds before the Vista collapsed. Only ten seconds to bleed out, to the point of unconsciousness. The blood continued pumping free, and nobody leapt forward to staunch the flow. I sensed some of the faster capes from Miss Malicia's group making their arrival on the scene. The wind the rooftop Vista had sustained from Raymancer was shallow, and the majority of it consisting of surface damage to her artificially smooth, thick, skin, and to her ribs. I'd only, peripherally, been aware I was doing it, but my bugs had seized on the opportunity to dig in and attack the more vulnerable flesh on the open wind. She barely seemed to care, focusing her efforts on diverting incoming fire and trying to distort the rooftop to force Grace to fall off. That changed when several bugs found a hole leading into an empty space surrounding her lungs. In that same moment, the Vista started trying to claw the bugs out of the shallow cavity. The distraction afforded one of the heroes a chance to catch her in the head with a goblet of foam. A smaller containment foam blaster? Flying capes closed the distance and settled around her. There was a brief dialogue that I couldn't make out with the unfamiliar voices. Someone said something about foam. There were a few words of argument from a pair, and one pressed a finger to the armband, saying something about a captive. It was Miss Malicia who responded through the armband. She gave a curt order and several capes turned away. One of the capes who hadn't took aim and shot the fallen girl between the eyes. The fight was over. The heroes were already moving north in pursuit of Noel. I signaled for Rachel to return. That moan scream that Tal Vista had made was still ringing in my ears. It had been way too human for my tastes. There was no doubt she'd been going all out. Raymancer was on his knees, supported by Tecton. He'd taken a hit of dust straight to the face. If Tattletail was right, he'd just taken a lethal dose of radiation. The clone hadn't even flinched in delivering the attack. I had fights like this, dealing with the Nine that had been much the same, had demanded we hold back nothing, had involved enemies who didn't hesitate. The difference was that the Nine had demanded it because anything less wouldn't cut it. Fighting these clones, they were vulnerable. They only defended themselves, as they could keep causing damage. When I tried to hurt them, they got hurt. It sounded so lame when I framed it like that, but it shook me. Even knowing they were deranged, the Tattletail had confirmed they weren't really people, I couldn't ignore how brittle we'd been. "'My actions. The clones weren't innocent, but they were innocent, if that made any sense. "'I knew I'd have to do it all over again the next time we ran into a clone.' "'Tattletail touched Gru's arm, and he banished the darkness around us. "'I'm going to die,' Remancer said, his voice barely above a whisper. "'There's a good chance, yeah,' Tattletail said. "'Hey,' Tecton said. "'Don't be a bitch.' She didn't respond. Instead, she touched her armband. Raymancer down. He needs immediate medical attention for acute radiation poisoning. Quarantine this location. You'll want stuff for radioactive decontamination, mobile showers, if you've got them. Oh, and Skitter's armband is out of commission. We need a replacement before someone mistakes her for a clone. Keep close to her, Tattletail, Miss malicia said, and we'll deliver one shortly. Quarantine. Civilian evacuation and decontamination are en route. We're moving back to check on Ballistic. Your man can meet us there. If they can track us with the armband, they can follow us to his headquarters, Gru commented. He can move bases, I said. Finding him fast is a bigger priority. He won't like that, Gru said. Going from a well-set-up base of operations to some place improvised? He didn't want to come today, he deals with the fallout, I said. I waved as Rachel approached. She was still holding Bastard's chain. Let's go. Tecton, Tattletail asked. I... I can't leave Raymantzer here, Tecton said. Wanton can watch him, she said. I looked at Wanton. He was still in his telekinetic form. To my swarm sense, he gave me the impression of a miniature galaxy with dust and various objects orbiting a central point. When he moved, the outer edges took longer to catch up than the bits closer to the center, almost like a jellyfish in water. Hey, W., Texan said. Fight's over. He can't change back, Tattletail said. If he does, that dust he drew into his TK body is going to settle, and then he'll be in the same shape Raymancer is. "'Maybe everyone in his facility will. "'But... "'But they can stick him in a decontamination shower,' Talatil said. "'Just needs to hold himself together long enough for that to happen. "'Not to worry. Fifteen-minute decontamination and he's clean.' "'Longest he's ever held that form was twelve minutes. "'Then he'll need to hold together for longer.' But we've got to get ahead of Noelle before the next trap is set up. We need you to come with us. You want me to leave my teammate? Texan said. We could run into more Vistas. She still warps space, distorts architecture. If the next batch is organized enough to cut off all avenues of retreat while keeping their distance or drop more buildings on us, we'd need your help. Rachel's dogs aren't going to be able to get us free if Vista buries us. Or if she traps us under some bubble of stretched building. Go, Tee, Raymancer said. But you... I'll get looked after, and I'll give Wonton the encouragement he needs to break his old record. Get Grace, and go. You heard the man, Tattletail said. You want to drive? You go ahead, Tecton said. Driving with the suit is a hassle. All the better, Tattletail said cheery. Tacton didn't reply as he got into the van. I climbed onto Bentley's back. The van had to take a detour given the three sections of road that had been raised as barriers and the one fallen building. Bentley wasn't so disadvantaged. We crossed the ruins of the toppled building. I could smell the thick metallic scent of blood in the same moments that his hot breath wafted past me. I wondered if I should be in the van. I could communicate with Tattletail and Grew if I was. And it would mean I wasn't experiencing an agonizing pain in my side every time he set his feet down with too much force or leapt an obstacle. That said, I wasn't sure I wanted to turn Rachel away if she was being friendly. The van stopped to pick up Grace. They traveled down a different street, moving parallel to Rachel and I. So fast? Tecton asked. I couldn't make it all out. I caught the trail end of Tattletail's reply. A trap. I drew out letters on the dashboard with my bugs. Trouble? She shook her head. I didn't catch what she said. She repeated herself. Length of measure. Preemptive measure. She was picking up the speed so any other enemies that were lying in wait would have less time to spring any surprises on us. I scattered the bugs "'Left a brief okay, and then removed those. "'I caught Tecton saying something, but I couldn't make it out. "'His mask didn't help. "'I redoubled my efforts to check our surroundings "'and find any possible clones of Vista, Uber, Leet, or Circus. "'We caught up to a group of the faster-moving heroes who'd flown ahead. "'They were dispatching another Vista. "'She was shorter, thicker in the arms and legs, with a neck.' As thick around as her head was, the space around her was twisted into jagged shapes, with some raised into points. Two of the capes had been injured but were still fighting. We rode past in the van with the others gave chase. The flying capes weren't moving with purpose. They were roving the area going west to east and back again as they moved in a general northerly direction. We weren't nearly at Ballistic's base when a digitized voice surrounded over the armband. Not Miss Malicia. Dragon's AI. We have sighting. All cooperating capes are ordered to stand down. Remain at your present coordinates until further notice. Stand down? I tapped Rachel on the shoulder, and she pulled Bentley to stop. The armband buzzed again, but it was Miss Malicia's voice this time. Edulian has found our primary target. He has requested that all capes in the area remain in position. I caught Tattletail pressing the button on her armband, and she asked, Why? Whatever program was managing communications, it didn't seem fit to convey Tattletail's message. The van caught up to us. Tattletail rolled her window down and opened the back, and the others climbed out to join the conversation. Grace folded her arms and hung back. What's going on? I asked. Don't know, Tattletail said, but if Adolian is fighting Noel, Regent finished her sentence for her. We might not have to worry about the end of the world happening in two years. Why is Miss Militia letting this slide? I asked. She has to know the risk. Everyone has to know the risk. She's letting this slide because Adolian outranks her and she has no choice, Tattletail said, and he's doing this "'because he's got an agenda.' "'An agenda?' Grace asked. "'Yeah.' "'He's the top hero in the Protectorate. "'His agenda is doing the right thing. "'Is this what you guys do? "'You analyze the situation until you've twisted it "'into a scenario where you have just to do something?' "'Yeah,' Regent said. "'We're really good at it, too.' "'Ha, ha,' Grace said without any humor. Look, I said, fine, you guys are helping us, so you get a say. If you guys are willing to hear me out, and you decide that there's no merit to what I'm saying, we can all go along with what you want to do. Hear you out? Yeah, look, you can't deny that putting one of the most powerful people in the world in close quarters with someone who could turn Vista into those things is a fucking bad idea. Sure I can. Play nice, Grace, Texan said. No! I'm going to make my arguments. He's not stupid. He knows what he can do, and he's heard what she can do. You don't get to be a member of the Triumvirate, if you're an idiot. He's desperate, Tattletail said. He's losing his powers. He knows putting himself in dangerous situations makes his powers stronger. Like how one of my teammates gets a little stronger when outraged, and another gets a little stronger when feeling protective. Fighting Noel is nearly as dangerous as fighting Endbringers. Endbringers, when Leviathan had attacked, it had been destruction layered on top of more destruction. Noel, being pretty damn subtle for someone who could tear vault doors apart and generate an army of superpowered soldiers. Even in terms of the overall impact of her assault, as far as I knew, it had been limited to one fallen building, two injured capes, and one in critical condition. It felt like too little. Then again, the sun wasn't up. Dinah had said Noel wouldn't do any real damage until dawn. Would things get worse. How long until sunrise? I asked, cutting Grace off as she started to voice a response. Nine minutes, Tattletail answered. Dinah said the situation doesn't start getting really bad until dawn. I trailed off. You think this is why the situation goes south? Gru said. It's a possibility. Tattletail pressed the button on her armband. This is really bad timing on Adolian's part, M.M. M. Shit's due to go down at sunrise. Can you call him off? Remind him? There was no indication the message went through. Fucking computer, she said. Let's go. No, Grace said. You said it was our call. I don't buy the argument. We stay put. "Tactin," I said. He was still in the passenger seat. I don't know. Are you willing to disobey the order and have Miss Militia okay a kill order on you? Try to okay a kill order on us. Imp said. Oh, well then, Texan said, that's not a problem. I thought about the possible scenarios that could unfold. Deranged vistas had been brutal enough. Deranged mutant Dolians? Yeah, I said. If it comes down to it, I'm willing. Be it on your heads, Texan said. Get in if you're coming tidal -tidal said, get out if you're not. Tecton hesitated, but he stayed in his seat. Tecton? Grace asked. They believe it enough to go this far. They've either got an unhealthy amount of conviction, or they're insane. Or both, M said. Or both. If it's conviction, I can accept that they might know what they're doing. The same argument you made about Adolian being an upper Echolian m- member of the Protectorate applies to them. They didn't get here by being terrible at what they do. They did get to the point where they're about to get kill orders put out on them. And you stand to get in trouble with the wards. What's the worst they could do? As a tinker, I'm a protected species. Not like they're going to fire me. If these guys are right, they might need our help. If they're wrong, maybe I'd get in a bit of trouble. I'm willing to take that bet. And if they're trying something? Or if they are insane? Then it's better I'm going along for the ride, isn't it? Grace didn't respond. Instead, she turned around and walked away. When she reached the back of the truck, she hopped in. You fucking owe me tech. She slammed one door closed as if to punctuate her irritation with the situation, leaving the other open for my teammates. Tattletail dropped her armband out of the driver's side window. The rest of the undersiders discarded theirs. There was a pause before Tecton and Grace followed suit, throwing theirs free of the van. That done, Tattletail put the van in gear. It was already starting to move by the time Imp and Regent had climbed in and slammed the doors behind them. With Tattleteel's ability to identify Adolian's general location and my ability to narrow the result down with my bugs, it only took a few minutes to find them. The issue was that we had only a few minutes to begin with. Adolian was in the air, flying a safe distance above Noelle. And Noelle... I couldn't get a read on Noel. My bugs disappeared into her as they made contact, their signal distorting and cutting off. It left me with a hazy picture. She was big... African elephant big. I didn't get much more than that. They were talking. Adolian had his hands folded into his sleeves like an ancient sensei, legs dangling, his costume billowing around him. His voice was calm, quiet, in stark contrast to the hot breath that billowed around Noel, as she panted with no less than five mouths. Four of the mouths were considerably larger than the one owned by the rough human shape on top. I only caught two words as he spoke to her. Coil was one. Cauldron was another. Hi, this is Meg. You just finished listening to a chapter from ARC 18, Queen, from the web serial Worm by JC McRae. This production is brought to you by the Worm Audiobook Project. If you would like to know more about us or to volunteer your own services, please check us out at audioworm.rain-online.org. You can download or listen to every chapter directly from our sites, or you can find us on iTunes or any podcast app under Worm Audiobook. Thank you for listening.